0: Hail and well met, everybody. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a show by nerds, for nerds,
1: who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather. I'm Russell. And we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information. Hi, guys.
0: We're back with another... Fun tale of Harry Potter mis- misadventures.
1: Hi. Changes
0: between a book and films. As we saw last week, we did three films in about an hour or so. however long <laughs> the episode is? It's yeah. There's a lot of changes, and we're now going to do the rest of them. So strap yourself in because we're still we're still going strong. <laughs>
1: Oh, boy. Um, Yeah, one thing, too, in case you couldn't tell from the way uh, Russ was introducing this, is that there's a lot more changes in this second half. There's a lot of things they changed more in the later Uh, films.
0: Yeah, the films started to branch out just more in general and missed out other side plots uh, and cut out even more classes and even more Quidditch. Uh, So, yeah, just that's just how this is gonna be. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will try to maybe focus just on the important bits. So yeah. Uh,
1: All right, so starting off with book four and film four, Goblet of Fire. Yes.
0: Yep. Um, First thing that's sort of omitted is the whole Reddle family Mm -hmm. uh, murder. It's not talked about within the the movie, uh, but it is obviously talked about quite detailedly in the book.
1: Yeah, a lot of things get kind of, um, so the easiest way to describe this, to just kind of sum up all of it, because there's a lot of little bits and pieces, is that in the book everything that has to do with Tom Riddle, so basically Voldemort's origin story, all those little pieces that um, you learn in book four, a lot of it got cut from the movie. A lot of it got either glossed over very quickly and condensed or just completely left out entirely. Yeah, they, they I think what they did is they kept in the parts that they felt were most necessary and then they cut a lot of the rest of it. But it was definitely very interesting if you go back and read the books to see all the little details that got left out. <laughs> it's also um, lots of little bits and pieces like the Bill and Charlie Weasley don't come up at all in the movie and you don't see weasley's wizard wheezes like none of it doesn't get mentioned specifically that the brothers george and fred are working on this scheme to create this business you see the candies in the movie some of the candies are being sold and causing chaos but they never specifically say that they're doing it
0: yeah, they don't say that it's their actual business and they're the ones creating the stuff. Right. Um, also that's completely skipped in this film is going back to the Privet Drive. Uh, okay. Harry wakes up from his nightmare at uh, the borough already, which in the book he wakes up at home and is, uh, there's a whole uh, section with him at home being picked up. By the, that's just completely admitted.
1: Yeah, by, by the, the Weasleys, Weasleys yeah. and all the chaos that ensues from that situation. Um, yeah,
0: that's completely omitted.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, one thing that gets left out of this book that uh, I, I actually... Okay, so of all of the things they cut from Goblet of Fire, this is the one thing where I'm like, thank you for cutting it because... It wasn't necessary to the rest of the story, and that was the house elves situation. The spew. Yes, spew. S
0: P E W.
1: So, um, for anyone who hasn't read the books and has only watched the movies, in the you in the books there are, is a character called Winky, who's a house elf, and she is a house elf at Hogwarts. So she's one of the house elves that works for Hogwarts, and. Hermione decides that even though the house elves like being labor force that they're not being treated well and things like that and it's this whole weird situation of the house elves are happy serving they're like the, the way they're little magical creatures and the way they're designed they like to be serving someone and it's not like Hogwarts treats them badly you know no, they're very uh, well treated at Hogwarts but Hermione coming from the muggle world is like, no, they don't have good working conditions and the labor laws and da 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 all of this kind of stuff and spends a good chunk of the fourth book creating an organization called SPEW.
0: Yes. Or (laughs) S-P-E-W, which is the Society for the Protection of Elfish Welfare. Yeah. It's a wonderful idea, but the fact is it goes against uh, how how selves are feeling about themselves. Also, something that's cut out like within this bit is Darby is uh, returned in the Goblet of Fire. He mm-hmm. doesn't, he, he isn't part of the film, which is a shame. He's, his parts are given to other characters. Yeah. After being removed from the employ of the Malfoys, he seeks paid work, and Dumbledore offers him paid work, and he is paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, for work, for working at Hogwarts, so it's not even about being a slave. Uh, right. Or, so.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's made very clear in the books, in my opinion, that though they might not be getting paid with money for their work, that the house elves at Hogwarts are very well taken care of. They are not being abused by people or anything like that.
0: No, uh, that's f- made very clear... Uh, especially from Dobby's perspective, where he was um, abused in his previous uh, Yeah, by job. the
1: Malfoys, which surprises no one.
0: <laughs> no, so the, that whole bit is skipped. Another bit that is completely removed from Goblet of Fire is Ludo Bagman. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> uh, he's a fairly important character for the book. He's one of the judges of the Triwizard Tournament. In the book. Uh, obviously he isn't in the films. Uh, and he has a bit more of a developed plot uh, with Harry. And the reason he's trying to help him win the tasks is because he's um, in a load of
1: debt. And, uh, and he uh, placed a there. bet on Harry.
0: <laughs> yes. To, to win. Mm-hmm. Um, this also comes up more with uh, Fred and George giving uh, their him all their money uh, on a bet. Which... They are right, and they are not paid back for. So they yeah. spent a lot of the movie or a lot of the book trying to get in contact with him about getting their money.
1: Right, which um, never happens in the films. None of it comes up. To be no, fair, a... they probably didn't want to show underage gambling. Oh, yeah, yeah, I understand that. Uh, that's that's fair. I'm sure that's a portion of it. Along the same lines of cutting out Dobby, what the only thing I don't like about the fact that they didn't bring up the other house elves is that they left out Winky. Yes. I did like Winky as a character. Winky is a house elf who was working at Hogwarts, and I d- I'm blanking on the exact uh, pattern of events, but she ends up getting essentially released from Hogwarts or, like, freed no. or fired or...
0: Uh, no, no, no. What happens is is she was the house elf to Ludo Bag, No, not Ludo uh Barty Crouch. That's right. And she is removed from her position because... Uh, unknown to everyone else, she lets Barty Crouch Jr. slip away from her. That yes. is why Barty Crouch fires her, and then she is employed by Hogwarts later.
1: That's right. I remember that now. But she spends yeah. a good chunk of the time hanging out with Dobby and being really sad yes. for herself, and drinking butterbeer, yes, I butterbeer. which makes house elves drunk.
0: Yes, <laughs> it's not very strong, but... It is strong for House Elves.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and a lot of the scenes that take place in the Hogwarts kitchens in the fourth book involve uh, all totally of good. the House Elves. Uh, yes, and that that's not shown at all. Yeah.
0: Again, another, uh, another element that's completely skipped is in the book, Dobby is the one who finds Gillyweed to give to... Harry, Mm -hmm. uh, because Dobby is not brought back for Goblet of Fire, that is then given to Neville. Again, it makes sense for his character to know about it, but it's not who's originally had that bit.
1: Yeah. Um, Other little things that got cut out that were not necessarily life-changing in terms of the way the movies came out, but one thing that was downplayed in the movies was Percy's work with the Ministry. So, yeah, Percy Weasley in the movies, you see him working with the ministry, but it's not talked up as much. In the books, every time you see Percy, he's going off for way longer than you want him to about all of the amazing things that are happening at the ministry and all the amazing things that his boss is doing. And you just wish he would shut up and they didn't touch on it very much at all in the movies. Um, Especially in book Um, four, it's not mentioned as much as it is in, or excuse me, yeah, especially in the fourth movie, it's not as mentioned as much as it is in the book. And one of the things that that didn't mean got left out was the fact that Percy essentially betrays his family.
0: Yes, he does. He, Um,
1: He sides with the ministry over his family. Which, as you can imagine, for the Weasleys, that's a big deal.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, Obviously, because when Harry says that Voldemort's returned, the Ministry immediately goes into not believing Harry, whereas that is proven to be the wrong decision to make there. Right.
1: Whereas all of the Weasleys and a lot of his other friends um, and several of the the teachers, all of them are like, no, he's back. We believe Harry. But Percy is the only Weasley who refuses to believe Harry because the ministry says something different. So basically it's huge fights between Percy and the rest of the family, and it's a big falling out. And you can tell that there's distance between Percy and the other brothers and everything in the movies, but it's not as obvious and it's not as brutal as it is in the book, where in in the book, it's like straight up, he betrayed his family and he's, he's not disowned but he's removed himself from the borough. He doesn't live there anymore. And it's a very strong, like cut line in the sand sort of situation.
0: Yeah. Um, it, like, even though both uh, Mr. Weasley and Percy work in the ministry, they don't talk or they're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a very tense situation that's completely cut.
1: Yeah. Um, and I, a, I, another, oh, uh, I was just going to say, I do feel like that is something that should have been more included. I, I don't think they necessarily needed to let Percy go on as long as he does in some of the books, but I do wish they'd included at least some sort of discussion of why Percy's not around and the fact that this sort of situation happened because I feel like it got downplayed in the movies and then it it makes less sense later on why so many of the brothers are so meh whenever Percy comes around.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Another element of the film that is skipped is Barty Crouch Senior's madness, Mm -hmm. and him returning to Hogwarts after being, after breaking out from his im, imperious curse put onto him by Barty Crouch Junior or Mad Eye Moody, who Mm -hmm. pretend to be Mad Eye Moody in the movie, that isn't shown at all, um, along with the, uh, the subsequent. killing of him um that is
1: skipped as well yeah one Uh, um one thing that also gets left out of the fourth book excuse me fourth movie is um all of the ways that barty crouch jr did what he did um disguised Uh, as mad-eye moody like how he got harry through stuff how he escaped azkaban all those kinds of things in the movie he doesn't explain them all
0: no, in the book he goes on a big uh Monologue. Uh, monologue <laughs> yeah yeah, monologue of how that all happened. Yeah. Um, along with how he got his name to be the only one in a fourth school for the drivers of the tournament, all of those sort of things that come up then. Mm-hmm. Um the, the 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 next big thing that is uh sort of missed is uh the tournament winnings that Harry earns, uh, a thousand galleons, Yeah, that's given to Fred and George for their uh joke shop yeah um, that's not mentioned because the joke shop business hadn't even been mentioned at this point so both both bits are omitted
1: yeah that's another um, thing that i wish they had included
0: yes i do as well so
1: in the books it's very obvious that harry potter is not only devastated that cedric was killed like he, he's devastated that his friend that yeah. this happened to his friend and he's also angry that people are not listening and they're not doing anything and they won't mm. believe him and that it could happen to more people. Yeah. Um in the movie they focused a lot more just on him being frustrated and angry that people weren't listening and they didn't show as much of his devastation. Um
0: no, it didn't
1: One of the scenes that happens in the book that I really wish they had included in the movie. um, It would have been very, very sad on top of an already sad ending. But in the book, one of the things that happens is after the tournament, when Harry is given his winnings and declared the Triwizard Tournament winner and all that stuff. um, One of the things that happens is he goes and he tries to give the money to Cedric's parents.
0: Yes, he does. And they refuse to take it.
1: Yeah. They they refuse to take it, and they, if I'm remembering correctly, they thank him for bringing their son back because Harry. They do. Harry specifically made sure to bring Cedric's body back.
0: Mm-hmm. Because in the in the scene where they can talk, because of uh, the connection of the wands, Harry is asked to take it uh, to take Cedric's body back, mm-hmm. um, and he couldn't not do it. Uh, Which was a really, really emotional scene. And I really kind of wish that it was put onto the screen as well.
1: Yeah. And then um, after Cedric's parents say no to taking the money that they don't want it, um, Harry is still just, he's so devastated by what happened that he can't, he doesn't want anything to do with the money. He doesn't want to keep it. He doesn't want to acknowledge it. He, he, He basically feels like it's blood money. I don't think they put it that way in the book but he basically feels like it's blood money and he doesn't want it and but he also you know it's money he's not going to just toss it and in a ditch somewhere because it could help somebody so he ends up giving it to fred and george so that they can use it to start their joke shop because they're his friends they've stood by him the whole time they believe him without question about the whole voldemort coming back and everything Mm -hmm. and he He feels like that that people sh- basically should get some happiness out of this money that was the result of so much tragedy.
0: Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, also within the book, uh, he's at this point says that if you guys don't take this money, I'm throwing it down the drain.
1: <laughs> yeah, he he just he absolutely wants nothing to do with that money and he doesn't need the money on top of no, it. No, he doesn't, but he no, he, he oh, and I think. He also tells them, this was, and this part, this little piece was cute, so I'm, yes. I was also sad <laughs> they cut it. You know where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I know, but, I, know, I know where you're going. Um, when he gives them the money, that you know, they're flabbergasted because it's a huge sum of money, especially because the Weasleys are not rich people. Um no, they're not. And he basically tells them, you know, start your joke shop and buy Ron a better set of dress robes.
0: Yes, because within the film he is using his great aunt's dress robes, which do not suit him at all. No. Uh, so, yes, that's basically the only stipulation he gives them for taking that money.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, yeah.
1: But, yeah, it was a very um, powerful yes. scene, and I was sad they cut all of that out.
0: Yeah, and they also cut the whole ending of those scenes where Sirius is revealed to Snape as being an Omega. Like because obviously Sirius has been staying close to the school because of being worried about Harry. There's a whole element of those needing to come out now that Voldemort's back, mm-hmm. and then there's rows between the Ministry, and uh, that all ha- happens in I think it's the the hospital wing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the hospital wing. All of that happens within that, and that is when the the Ministry and Dumbledore just split uh, on their opinions. But it's mm-hmm. a really emotionally charged scene and I really do wish it was in, in the book. Yeah. In, in the book, in the film.
1: I wish they'd so, yeah. added more. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, but that basically wraps up Goblet of Fire and that doesn't sound like a lot but those are also missing bigger elements. Like within the first few books it was more small changes to characters and names and readjusting. This mm-hmm. is the first thing like where big side plots have been taken out. So, yeah, as in the same thing with Goblet of Fire, Quidditch isn't shown at all in The Order of the Phoenix no, um, no it's not even shown that Ron becomes part of the team uh, it's not shown anything of it um,
1: mm-hmm. and there's a lot but, um, of little things that get left out about that like the fact that the you know, who's doing what changes and because there's no Quidditch it never comes up really that professor umbridge bans harry and george from, from playing quidditch yeah from ever playing quidditch again because they attacked malfoy now malfoy insulted their mothers so he 100 oh, yeah. percent provoked this attack just to be clear absolutely yeah. but that gets left out
0: this is also another reason as to why fred and george are even more intent on leaving early they don't care about getting their N.E.W.Ts. they've got enough money to get a joke shop which they have already in the plan of getting it sorted out Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously as in most of the books they open up earlier Um, there's a whole extra scene with Harry trying to listen in on the the the, the muggle news to see if Voldemort was doing things in uh, the sort of public eye and stuff and him worrying about that always happening uh, whereas in the film it opens later when he's been caught and asked to be move along and goes up to the park um, just before he's attacked by Dementors with uh, Dudley right so yeah and then most of the Grimoire place is skipped like within within uh, the, the Order of Phoenix like them cleaning it out, them getting there, them talking about uh, Harry, not Harry, uh, Ron and Hermione being prefects that's not mentioned yeah. in, the, in the in the film at all. Uh, we all of Weasley's Wizard of Weasleys' new items, like extendable ears, they only get a brief uh, introduction. Cleaning out the house is completely skipped. Most of the order meetings are skipped. Um, there's only the one that's actually brought up with talking about everything to Harry, and even then they don't cover everything. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's just that is all condensed for the film, but uh that also in that cut there is them trying to pry open a locket which none of no none of the family can get open and mm-hmm. they end up throwing it away um which turns out to be important later when they discover that it is one of Voldemort's top
1: quizzes right and that's one of the reasons why they uh, couldn't get it open which makes sense
0: yes uh,
1: do, 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 do. yeah there's a lot of little bits and pieces um
0: yeah, there's and, extra rooms in the Department of Mysteries that are skipped. Yeah, uh, all of all, pretty much all of Umbridge's decrees that she introduces while she's at the school, and then while she's serving headmaster when Dumbledore is uh, ousted. Yeah, they get uh, kind of glossed of over. Yeah, like I said, this is where they start missing a lot.
1: Yeah, Uh, because you you see the signs going up in the movie. Like, you see them putting up the different decrees, and you can see the ridiculous number of decrees. But they don't go into just how awful some of them are.
0: No, uh, they also don't go into much detail about the fact that no one is learning practical defense against the dark arts anymore. No. It's all theory. Uh, And Dumbledore's Army is not skipped, uh, but... lot of their sessions are and some people Mm -hmm. are cut who were there. Uh, What is cut is uh, Marietta getting uh, affected by the sneak um, pimples for um, going to Umbridge about the the location and stuff, which yes she did under Veritaserum but that is skipped.
1: Yeah, well, in the book, it's a different character that snitches on Dumbledore's army. It's... Yes. I'm trying to remember who she is. Uh, I think she was a friend of... Is, uh, is she's the one that Arietta was... edge Edgeco. Yeah, she was a friend of Cho. Of Cho. Cho. Wasn't that yeah, it? she was. She kind of got yes. dragged to Dumbledore's army. She didn't really yes. want to go, whereas Cho Chang did. But in the movie, yes. Cho Chang is the one who gave up Dumbledore's army, although... Like Russ just said, she did it under Veritas serum. It's not like she did it because she wanted to.
0: Most everything about Frank and Alice Longbottom is cut as well, Um, especially them going to St. Mungo's when Arthur Weasley's attacked by the snake, Nagini. Um, Both Gilderoy Lockhart, who is at St. Mungo's, still recovering from memory loss, and um, uh, Neville's parents, which are still recovering from their torture, uh, many years earlier. Yeah.
1: That's completely cut as well. Yeah, there's information that you learn about, you know... Basically, they see Neville there. Is that... Wait, is that the one where they see Neville there?
0: No, I don't think they even do. I think... No, because they never actually go to some Wingo's. That's the thing.
1: No, but I mean in the book.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, because they see Gilderoy Lockhart... And then, and then they see Neville, and yeah, and yep, his sorry, um, his
1: grandmother and his yes. parents because
0: yes,
1: his parents had been um, affected by tortured the to insanity. Yeah, yeah the Cruciatus Curse, and tortured yes, to the point of by, insanity, mm-hmm, and so by, they
0: uh, Bellatrix the Strange yeah. and Barty Junior.
1: Yes, so they uh, ended up there, but um, you don't see any of those scenes. So when. In my opinion, they should have at least shown bits and pieces of them. Because it definitely would have made more sense when Neville and Harry are staring at the picture.
0: Yeah.
1: Of their parents in the original uh, Order well, of the Phoenix. Yeah,
0: it. Well, yeah, well, the original Order of the Phoenix photo. You know? yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, and they, they also cut out most of the testing scenes.
0: Yes. Um. They cut out multi- uh, Harry's detentions with Umbridge from the first one because mm-hmm. he has multiple detentions cutting into his skin every time. Yeah, that's but they, true. They skip they skip over all the other ones. Yeah. Um, the big thing that is skipped is Sirius' death in the aftermath of it, where Harry is just so done and destroys Dumbledore's office. That doesn't happen, uh, which... Again, again, not needed, but also really needed for the character. Like, you can definitely understand why he would feel so much grief.
1: Yeah. Just
0: every time he gets something good, it gets taken away from him.
1: Right. Well, and it's one of those things, too, where if you don't want to have the character destroy someone's office, that's yeah. fine. You don't have to. There's ways you could work around it. You could have had him destroy anything or just be angry and flinging things around somewhere to show how upset and distraught, like there's a lot of things they could have done and they show Harry being upset, but they don't show the extent of it because in the books, it's made very clear that essentially Harry had started to look at Sirius as a father figure because he'd he'd never had a real one before. His uncle Vernon is not, does not treat him like his own son at all. Whereas Sirius pretty much always has treated him more like a with son his best
0: intre- yeah with his best interest at heart and all that kind of thing he's always been there it's very clear that harry has a deep connection to sirius yeah
1: yeah so when sirius is killed in the goblet or excuse me in um order of the phoenix it's a mm-hmm. huge blow to harry especially um i can't remember if this was in the movie or not but in the book there's a specific scene before Sirius dies where he basically tells Harry, I want you to come live with me. You know, once we get everything cleared up and people uh, know that I'm not... That does...
0: Yeah, that does happen in the film. It's it's not quite as in-depth, but yes, it does happen.
1: Okay, I couldn't remember. Yeah. So yeah, in, yeah. The, in the book, they go into a lot more detail about how ecstatic Harry is that this is going to be happening. He's finally going to get to leave the Dursleys and all this kind of stuff. He's finally going to have a family. Um, and I mean, in, it happens in the movie. I, I vaguely remember this scene. It happens in the movie, but it's not nearly as in depth.
0: No, it isn't. And, uh, again, you know. it's one of those scenes that skipped in the initial element of the, of them being a grimoire place. Uh huh. Um, uh, I think it's brought up at the Christmas time when they're there.
1: I think you're right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Apart from that, there's uh, all of the owls um, and their exams are cut, except for the one which involves Professor McGonagall being attacked um, and taken out of commission. Uh, All the rest of them are cut. Uh, The only other really important thing that isn't covered is Harry doing his honest interview with Rita Skeeter, who was the reporter from the last film, oh so no everything else is kind of covered the only bits that kind of aren't are like how they get to the ministry and then going through the the, the department of secrets they don't go through all the multiple rooms mm-hmm. like you said like to, to find the prophecy and all that kind of thing Right. and, and they also don't find the veil before they f- uh, go into the encounter like because obviously in the, in the book they come across the veil first, have a bit of a discussion about it, and then the fight happens in the same room with, with the veil. Um, it's, that's just not, uh, that doesn't happen in the the, um, the film like that, they cut out the original, uh, the, the first scene of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, all right. We have two books left, so I think now we're doing two, we should perhaps do a quick uh, upbringing?
1: Sure. Okay, so welcome to the mid-break, everybody. So to start off, like always, we're going to talk about World Anvil, which is an amazing world-building website and campaign management website. It's worldanvil.com. You can go check them out. An initial uh, membership is free. And then beyond that, if you want any of the extra perks and amazing little things, uh, pieces and add-ons that they have that are available you can pay a little extra and there's different levels depending on what you're comfortable with but there's amazing features like map building and linking different characters and you can have journals for different characters and they've got a another part of it called heroes where you can basically almost have like a journal or social media for your character on the site it's really amazing can't recommend them enough worldanvil.com
0: uh, also sponsoring the, the, the Nerdspin Network are Die Hard Dice. They have been for a while, they're great people. Mm-hmm. As in their name, they create beautiful stunning polymer dice and metal dice, which they create all their molds for. The colors for them are fantastic. They have uh, their own Spellwinder series, which is where they do dual color uh, D20s, but well, not if D20s, uh, full metal sets which are always gorgeous. They've got Phoenix and Royal and Fae mm-hmm. Queen, uh, which are all just dual colors. I actually got a Fae Queen very recently and it's so gorgeous in person, the pictures don't do it justice. <laughs> uh, they also have started doing their accessories like the Scroll of Rolling we've talked about, which can hold two sets of uh, four seven dice and have a rolling mat so you can do, uh, play D&D on the go, which who doesn't need more d d in their life? <laughs> and they now have their um, breakdown by classes uh, as to how you can search for certain dice sets. So if you're looking for dice for a specific character, feel free to use that. If you do find a set that you like, you can use the code Thyself to get 15% off your first or next order. That's five fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, if you want to roll with the best, uh, go to com.
1: Yeah. Alright, and then please don't forget to go to nerdsmith.org. That is Geek Thyself's Parent Network. You can go there and check out all of the other amazing shows. We've got a bunch of different amazing podcasts, whether you're into actual play podcasts that deal with different types of role-playing games. We also have podcasts that deal with things like which monster would you want to go on a date with and there's (laughs) everything in between and that's nerdsmith.org and you can go check out all of those amazing shows
0: okay so now we're jumping back into Oh, Half-Blood
1: Prince. (laughs) I'm just going to let you, like, take it away with this one, because I know this one especially is your your bane.
0: (laughs) We've arrived at you. (laughs) Oh, okay, sorry. Just as a sort of point, I adore the Half-Blood Prince as a book. It's probably my favourite in the whole series, which is why the film irritates me so, so much. (laughs) (laughs) there's quite a few changes not all of them are massive but a few of them feel like it's very cheap to take them away uh, especially from this book uh, and this film but we'll get into it because yeah we will um, <laughs> um, within the uh, first scenes within this book like most of them they cut off um some of the start within this one, there's actually a scene with the UK Prime Minister and the Minister for Magic having a meeting, uh, well, having a meeting and him reminiscing on past meetings they've had, mm-hmm. uh, and then this is also the first time that the Ministry are now admitting that Voldemort is back because you can't really deny it after they after you see they- Voldemort. Yeah, at the Ministry of Magic.
1: Well, and, and so and the Death Eater symbol being thrown up all over the place.
0: Yes, um, they finally have to concede that yes, Harry was right, Dumbledore was right, uh, and that is something that is omitted. Um, it's skipped. Uh, so yeah, and pretty much all of the. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, Pretty much all of the the chapter is omitted, uh, including all of the murders, hurricanes, and bridge collapses that have been happening, which all look like natural disasters for the Mm -hmm. muggles, are actual just um, um, uh, death eaters creating problems. Their leader is in the open. They're being more aggressive.
1: Yeah, all of that gets cut out, and instead we open up on a scene where Harry is reading the Daily Prophet in a muggle cafe,
0: Yes. Uh, and just reading about Ruth Scrimshaw being uh, becoming the the, the new uh, Minister for Magic. Mhm. Because obviously after lying about uh, Voldemort being back for a year, you don't really get to keep your job as minister.
1: Not so, so much.
0: No, not really. Back going into Harry's setup, obviously in the book he in the book. In the film he's reading uh, and then has a bit of a chat with um, uh, the waitress who works there and then mm-hmm. is taken by Dumbledore to go and see uh, Horace Slughorn. In the book, he is a little different. He's still at Privet Drive. Um, Harry is waiting for... Uh, well, Harry receives a, d- uh, a letter from Dumbledore about him being picked up and taken to the borough for uh, the rest of the holidays along with him asking for help on another matter which turns out to be to recruit horace slughorn uh, horace slughorn uh, as potion master mm-hmm. for school. yeah but um the whole of the house scenes are skipped which includes um creature now being owned by
1: um harry yeah because he inherited after- everything that belonged to Sirius black
0: so yeah, that that happens. Uh, Dumbledore obviously spends some time talking about uh, talking to the Dursleys while he's there, which uh, again doesn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that is all skipped. Uh, they go straight to trying to recruit Horace. Um,
1: yeah, and there's towards... there's a lot of little things that get cut out yeah. of the interaction with Horace Slughorn. Things like yes. Dumbledore asking Harry to make him appear more fragile by letting Dumbledore lean on him and stuff like that
0: and uh, basically just a lot has been cut to get to Diagon Alley which is where they first see uh, Fred George's shop which is Weasley's wizard wizarding wheezes that's like the first big scene uh, for for that so which even then is still uh, heavily cut down now we on this bit this is where I'm going to talk about this in a more general sense because a lot of these little things were cut out from this book including this whole storyline with uh Voldemort Voldemort um, giving uh Draco the job of getting the death eaters into Hogwarts it's the only thing that's really shown is tr- him trying to get the cabinet working but there's no reason as to why yeah there's the there's no
1: context given in the film all of the no. all of the Ooh. context scenes are cut
0: yeah, like the context scene on the train for this is completely cut. Um there's there's still an altercation between Harry and uh Draco, but the actual like conversation about uh Draco not returning possibly at the end of the of the school year, that's cut. Um what else is cut? Um again, pretty much all of Quidditch is cut uh, cut, very little is still there. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is something that comes up a lot most of the slug club meetings are cut, there's only a couple of times that they actually all get together Um, what else? Uh, oh, this one Uh, pretty much all of Harry and Ginny's relationship is cut (laughs) Mm -hmm. and also the internalised sort of feelings that Harry has brewing throughout the whole film throughout the whole film, throughout the whole book are cut yeah, I mean, very little there, that
1: would uh, have been, to be fair, I do think they tried to portray it, but uh, 99... They didn't, do a good, yeah. they didn't do a good job of portraying it. But the yeah. problem is, so again, for anyone who hasn't read the books, in the book of The Half-Blood yeah. Prince, there's all of this inner monologue for Harry, where he, yes. he's getting like upset whenever he sees Ginny with her boyfriend, Dean, right? Yeah. Yes. Whenever yeah. he sees them together or when they're kissing or anything he, he's like internally very upset and he's kind of trying to figure out why. And yeah. he finally figures it out. But it's all throughout the book. There's these little snippets of him having these feelings. And of course as you're reading the book you're like, oh dude, you like her, right? What's hard to understand about this? You like her. But yeah. in the movie because they couldn't do the inner monologue stuff really it was harder for them yeah. i think to get it across yes, and they just didn't that's... do a great job
0: no um they they still shared their sort of kiss after the 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 quidditch match mm-hmm. which again it's not explained why harry wasn't there um like or at least they, they, they don't show the detention with snape mm-hmm. uh, before it uh, but they also, they don't show any of the relationship afterwards where they actually get to know each other more. Uh, so that's the sort of bit that annoys me. Not, not the sort of internalized feelings beforehand, just that it's not exactly brought to the forefront as it should be, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. There's other relationship um, stuff also that gets kind of cut out. Um, yes. Like uh, the relationship between Tonks and Lupin. Yes,
0: it's only ever implied, uh, and only very briefly mm-hmm. um, in the movies. Yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah, it, it doesn't come up much. Uh, but the biggest, the biggest issue that I have with this with this film, is that this film is about Voldemort's backstory. Oh, sorry, the book is totally concerning Dumbledore teaching Harry about uh, Voldemort's past, and they cut so much of it out.
1: <laughs> yeah. It is a like, problem.
0: Um, yes, because this is the part where we're learning about his backstory, learning about how he'd learned how to create Horcruxes, which again comes from Slughorn, which is like, even that is glossed over. Mm-hmm. Um, like, about they need uh, all of the other smaller memories are not done at all. Like, him getting the, the cup and the locket and all of those items, uh, him going back to the Gaunt House. All of them are cut, and it cheapens the whole film a little bit for me.
1: I Yeah, I can understand why they cut some of it. Like, if they had included every single piece, it just would have been too long. And I completely get that. Yeah. But I definitely think they cut too much.
0: They cut a lot of things that could have been important, while leaving in certain things that maybe could have been shorter the other thing that they really cut a lot of is the discussion of who the half-blood prince was yes like that the film is called the half-blood prince and so is the book but the half-blood prince themselves is mentioned so very sparingly
1: yeah whereas in the book it's this whole thing is harry is trying to figure out who is the half-blood prince who is this who is this It's a huge Mm. deal in the book. He's trying to figure it out and he starts to think that there's something possibly more sinister or dark about the person. So he starts wondering, could it be Voldemort? Because Voldemort's father was a muggle, so he's a half-blood. Yes. Like, there's Mm. all these kinds of things that keep coming up and none of it is in the movie.
0: Yeah, uh, and it's not even really mentioned that Snape is the half-blood prince in the book, not in the book, in the film. It's uh, confirmed it's like at the glossed end of over. The book. Yeah, it's confirmed at the end of the book when uh, uh, Snape is taking Draco with him because of them um, uh, after murdering Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. But even in the book, uh, book in the film, it's not mentioned at all. So that's what I mean. With this film, there's an awful lot missing to me personally, which really does start to matter.
1: Yeah, it's a lot uh, of the the backstory type of stuff where it may not have been as sensational, necessarily, yeah. so they decided to cut down some of it, but I feel mm. like they should have cut other scenes first.
0: Yeah. Um, along with that, they really glossed over Harry being a Quidditch captain. Like, it's maybe got one scene.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, the short version of discussing this movie versus book would be yeah. if you ever watched Half-Blood Prince and found yourself wondering, but wait, what about this? And what about that? Yeah. And what about this? And wait, how did that happen? What was Draco doing? Why? How did this happen? All of those bits and yeah. pieces that you didn't understand because they there was pieces missing, go read the book. Yeah, yeah <laughs> They're all in the much. book.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, it's... Yeah, and also another bit that's completely missed is Dumbledore's burial.
1: Yes. Yeah, they left out all which, of it.
0: Yeah, which and then they reference it in the next film, but they didn't show it. it, it it's, um, yeah, that, that this film bugs me quite a bit because it's like I said, it's my favorite book. Mm -hmm. But they miss so much of
1: it. There's lots and lots of little pieces that they left out. And like one thing that got left out at the end of the book when they're in the Great Hall and everyone is really sad and they're basically saying goodbye to um, Dumbledore. So in the movie, they do show it. But if you look up to the ceiling, they've turned off the magic for the stars in the sky.
0: Yeah.
1: But in the... One thing that's different is that in the book it's specifically mentioned that that is a sign of mourning mm. it's it's being done as like a um, a sign of mourning for Dumbledore that they've turned that off yeah
0: um,
1: whereas in the movie it's just they did it and they showed it but it's not really explained by anyone and I'm not sure how they would have explained it by someone, but it's little things like that where you're like, if you're watching the movie and you haven't read the book, you're going to sit there and be like, huh, that's different, but you're not going to yeah. necessarily know why.
0: Um, so, for, for the sake of this film missing so many important key bits from the penultimate story of this whole book... Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, sorry, the, the penultimate book of this whole story. Wow, that was bad. I got that completely mixed up. But mm. there's a lot missing, which you can obviously understand that they can't put everything in but the amount of stuff that they missed really made the film just less impactful especially for me who loved the uh, half of the princess book yeah and I think that's quite enough that we all need to say on that book (laughs) but in general those are the main plots that are either scrapped entirely or very much downplayed and it's frustrating yeah. Okay. So, Deathly Hallows.
1: <sighs> All right. <laughs> that was a big sign. Sorry. Yeah. A lot of that the, was a big sigh. several of the later mo- Hall- movies have more changes, and in some cases, it's because of things they changed in earlier movies.
0: Yes, it is. And
1: <laughs> to be fair, when they first started the movies, the last books were not done yet. So no, in the very beginning, there, there are a few continuity issues simply because they didn't know how important some of these characters were going to be. So sometimes things got shifted around or given to a different character. And then down the road, you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But it's too late.
0: Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, but uh, I mean, they didn't have that excuse for when they were doing six. <laughs> but yes. Well, uh. yeah. <laughs> like I said... Six, I hold just a personal grudge against, but it's fine because we're not talking about six. We we'll move on to Deathly Hallows. Yes. Um, for the most part, Deathly Hallows, because of it being two parters or a uh, two part film, uh-huh. um, they do actually cover quite a bit of the story. There's there's less uh, cut out.
1: Yeah, that's true. Is,
0: at least, so, yes.
1: Honestly if they wanted to do justice to Deathly Hallows, I don't think there's a way they could have made it just one movie. There's just no, no way because there's so. so much that happens and it's a, a lot of it is so important and ties up so many loose ends. Yeah, one thing that's different too is that in the beginning of the movie, we see f- articles talking about the lies of Albus Dumbledore and all this kind of stuff. But we don't actually get to learn what any of the story says that much. We find out uh, later.
0: Also, something that isn't mentioned in Order of the Phoenix that we missed is the mirror that was given to him in the book by Sirius. Uh, that is, hasn't that wasn't mentioned in Order of the Phoenix. So, where the fragment of mirror comes from with um, Aberforce I in uh, is basically unexplained.
1: <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, just a small
0: change in the Seven Potters is that everyone heads to the burrow.
1: Yeah, they were trying to make it less obvious that they were headed to the burrow. So they separated yes. and went to seven different um, locations associated with the Order of the Phoenix. And then from there, they were going to use port keys to get to the burrow. Yeah, in the book, the wedding and the celebration and the fact that everybody actually has something happy to celebrate is much more talked up. Like, everyone is really ecstatic because there's actually something happy to be talking about.
0: Uh, And then, obviously, the death of it is coming. Harry and Hermione have to leave to Grummel Place. Yep. Yeah. Uh, So, again, a lot of backstory stuff that would be nice to know is kind of omitted. Yeah. Um, again, just a lot of the ministry is cut out. Uh, I just a lot of those sort of bits of cuts, uh, the muggle born registration commission. Oh,
1: that's right. Yeah. And, uh, and for anyone who's interested, that is exactly what it sounds like. If you've never read the books in the books, there's something called the muggle born registration commission, and it's literally a bunch of witches and wizards who are registering anyone that was born from muggle parents. So like Hermione would be on the yes. list.
0: Yes, and because of Voldemort having distinct issues with that and having uh, wormed his way into the Ministry, pretty much anyone without an identifiable cause was guilty. Yep. They do keep them going to the ultimate place the same, uh, because obviously they have to shake off uh, somebody who nearly joins them with their apparition out of the Ministry. And um, Ron still gets very much damaged uh, by that, by splinching his arm open. Um, so yeah, and then that from that point there on the tent move, which... Um, is fairly accurate to a lot of the things. Obviously, they move pretty much daily, mm-hmm. and that's not that's not done in in the film. No, they and don't show every Pod... single
1: move. But to be fair, they wouldn't have had time to show every single move.
0: Oh no, absolutely not. Uh, they do show a few of them. They do show different places and different settings for where they were. Yeah. Um, they Potter Watch isn't mentioned at all, uh, which is the radio station that is run uh, off the grid to basically keep people informed on everything that the Dark Lord's doing yeah they go I'm trying to remember is is Godric's Hollow in the first film? I think it is
1: Um.
0: that's the thing it's, it's difficult to remember because the, they blur together yeah a little bit I think it's in the first film I think it's sure. at
1: least somewhat in the first film
0: Oh, no, it has to be because Harry loses his wand. That's right. And he starts using the Death Eater wand. So, yes, it definitely is in that film. Uh, So, yeah, they do that bit. That bit is fairly accurate to the story. Mm. Uh, There's nothing glaringly obvious that's missed. They do go to the gravestone.
1: So, at this point, there's a lot that actually didn't get cut.
0: Yes. The, this, this point, is the point where it,
1: yeah, this is the point where it started becoming more accurate to the books because at this point yes. there were so many things that they couldn't yeah. really change a lot of stuff no Um. um one thing that one was the, different and it was at the very I, very
0: end yes we were literally about to say the same thing but carry, sorry, carry <laughs> It's like, I like how we both realize it's oh, no, that was different. Great
1: minds think alike. Um, so yeah, oh. in the movie, at the very end of the book, Harry Potter breaks yes. the um, the undefeated, uh, I can't remember, my brain just blanked on what the wand is elder called. Elder wand. Thank you. The elder oh. wand. He breaks the elder wand and like tosses it over the side. And in the... Before fixing his own wand, I will add. Yeah. Before fixing his own wand... It... <laughs> Yes, and from what uh, I recall of the book, and it's been a while since I read that book, he fixed his wand and, yes, and then put the Elder Wand back with Dumbledore in his tomb.
0: Yes, he did. Is One of the biggest changes between the two is how the final confrontation happens. Mm. Uh, obviously, in the book, there's a massive back-and-forth conversation between the two. Whereas in the film, it's more just a one battle and that's it. In the film, in the film, in the book, there's a big drawn-out talk about everything that's happened and why Voldemort can't win this fight. Yeah. Um, Which I'm not. I don't necessarily have a problem with the book ending. Book ending, but the film ending. It's certainly not as good in my opinion. Yeah. But it's not terrible. Uh, I do wish there was more talking. I think that's something I do wish in the later books, uh, in the later films, there was more of. Explanations. Yeah, like, I know exposition isn't a great thing in films, but with this integrated story, cutting it all out was a bit of a mistake, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I mean, they definitely could have, I think, still put some more of it in than what they did, and I think it would have made it less confusing for people who've never read the books. Yes. I think part of the problem is that some of the things they cut, they were going into it with the assumption that if they c- that it wouldn't matter because you've already read the book, yeah. but that doesn't make for a good movie. <laughs> no, uh, but
0: actually, I've just remembered something else that was missed: is uh, Percy coming back in Deathly Hallows to help with the fight? That's right. Uh, that is missed. Uh, Which is quite important, really.
1: (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it's important... Okay, in the movies, that particular aspect isn't as important because they don't show how much of a divide there is between Percy and the rest of the Weasleys. Whereas in the book, because there's been such this huge division between the Weasleys and Percy... The fact that at the end, Percy shows up to help them fight is a very big deal.
0: Yes. And he's also there at the point where Fred dies. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One thing also that I wish they'd included was the fact that, like, some of the wrap-up stuff. So I understand it's already a long movie and they're trying to focus on the main characters, but there's a lot of little bits and pieces that didn't get gone over um, at the end of the series when you see all of them as adults watching their kids get onto the train. Yes. Um, Now that scene was more or less the same. There were a couple of characters that didn't get mentioned as much in it as they do in the book, but nothing like earth shattering. Um. There is uh, one thing, though, that always bothered me. Yes. And it specifically has to do with the Percy thing, actually. So it's, in the book, there's a ton of exposition on what happens to people after the battle at Hogwarts. You find out a lot of bits and pieces, and admittedly, they didn't do this in any of the other movies, so maybe it's why they didn't want to include any in the last movie. But you see so many movies out there where you know someone has a voiceover talking about and after this happened all of these things occurred and it's like a little mini montage where the main character is explaining to you what happened to different people so that you get a wrap up on everybody and it would have been very yeah. very easy for them to do that for harry potter because the last scene is him and Ginny. Yeah and Ron and Hermione all taking their kids to the Hogwarts Express to go to school, it would have been incredibly easy for them to, you know, lead into it with Harry giving a quick, like, recap of what happened for everybody, and then at the end having him say something about, and now I'm here with Ginny for our second son to mm-hmm. to go off to Hogwarts. Yeah. And then they could have just could have led into the it. scene. Yeah. There, there was easily a way that they could have given you the wrap-up on all of those other characters, and they didn't do it. So, like, you don't get to find out that after Fred dies, Percy helps George run wizard the Weasley's Wizard Weezes, Yeah. And stuff like that. Definitely. And you don't get to yeah. find out that Percy basically, like, became a jokester. And it, it wasn't the same as having Fred, but he, he did the best he could. That they could have done...
0: Especially for the introduced characters, I guess. Maybe not for, like, the, the kids and stuff, but, like, for the characters we've grown up knowing. Yes. I, I, that, that I can definitely get behind. Um, especially after the... Um, oh, what's it called? Cursed Child.
1: Ugh. Yes. Yeah, well, <laughs> things like... um, Like that McGonagall became the headmistress. Yes.
0: I could, at I, Hogwarts. This is all things that could be done, like, in a couple of paragraphs yes yeah
1: yeah you like you could easily have thrown in like harry's talking for two paragraphs and you show quick scenes like percy at the store running things with george and mcgonagall settling into dumbledore's desk Yeah. you know like little things that like would have been like two or three second scenes that would have given you closure for that character
0: yes definitely so Now we've talked extensively for like (laughs) two hours about the differences between the films and stuff. I have one question for you. Yes. And then we'll wrap this up. Okay. It's a double barrel question. Okay. What is your favorite book and what is your favorite movie?
1: Ooh, that's a tricky one. Let's see. Favorite book... I think for me is actually probably Deathly Hallows. For the book? Yeah, for the book. Um, even though it was so dense, it's my favorite book just because I'm one of those people where I love a good story. I love all the ups and downs, but for me, one of the things that can ruin a book is the ending. That's fair. Um, for For me, the ending is just as important as anything else. If you give me a book with a weak ending, it will never be one of my favorites. And I feel like the book Deathly Hollows was an amazing ending to the story. Like, every the way she tied everything together, the way everything yeah. fit, all of the bits and pieces happening after so many storylines and so many years of the the story coming out for us it was just a fantastic ending to the story. In terms of the movies, uh, <laughs> it's harder, uh, especially after we've just gone over all of our problems with the differences between the different movies. Yes. Um,
0: but at least for me, there's one that stands out as the best one of the lot for me.
1: Yeah,
0: I... Uh, t- do you want me to do your uh, no? Month? Go ahead because
1: so. I'm still thinking.
0: <laughs> okay, for my personal favorite book, as we already talked about, it is *The Half Blood Prince*. I completely adore *Deathly Hallows* too. I don't know what it is about *The, uh, the Half Blood Prince*, but I love it so much. Mm. And I, th- I think it's just Harry maybe having some good times for a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like that's fair.
0: Actually enjoying his year he is like and there's obviously still stuff going on and it's terrifying but there's a lot going on it's good story I don't it just it all comes together for me I enjoy it
1: mm-hmm. I can my
0: favourite my favourite movie is the Prisoner of Ask yes it might be missing the Marauders uh, backstory which hurts but mm-hmm. out of all out of the movies it's a very good strong movie on it's own for, for me
1: yeah I was actually gonna say, for me, um, i was I was thinking either the first movie, the very yeah. first movie, um simply because it was set they had to set everything up.
0: Yes, I can definitely get behind that too.
1: Um, so I think they they actually did a pretty good job setting up the world and mm-hmm. the fact definitely. that Harry's never seen it and is coming into it for the first time and all of his awe and everything. And just the yeah. kind of people that the characters are. I think they did a good job setting all of that up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
0: that's, that's fair. Yeah. Like, uh, that's... What, uh, yeah, the first couple of movies really do a good job of only changing what was necessary. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: And then... um I feel like, for me, Prisoner of Prisoner of Azkaban would probably be second. And I feel like, for me, it's because of the... the um, the poignant moments that you get that are Harry's backstory. Yeah. Like we all know it's sad from the very get go. He's an orphan living with his uncle and aunt who hate him, but mm. like finding out more about exactly what happened and finding out about the betrayal and the tragedy of it, even though it's not as much detail as this there is in the book. I think I, I feel like that they did a really good job with that overall.
0: That's yeah, that's totally fair.
1: And then, again, I think the tragedy of Goblet of Fire is part of it. Like, even though they didn't show it as effectively as I would have preferred, I feel like considering how much stuff they had to cram into the movie, they did an okay job.
0: All right. Well, <clears throat> on that massive, massive, massive talk of Harry Potter, mm-hmm. I, want listen, I want to listen to the Harry Potter books again. I'll tell you <laughs> that. So that might happen after I get through every other audio book I have to listen to, probably. (laughs) So yeah, uh, we hope you enjoyed our massive nerding out over these books that we love and these films that we sometimes love. That's an accurate Uh, description. (laughs) Yes. And yeah, we'll talk to you about something that isn't Harry Potter very soon. Yes. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the NerdSmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself.
1: You can also email us at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. And please don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts.
0: We'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode.
1: And until then, don't forget to geek thyself.